0: And today's episode of the podcast is motivated by the Falford 9, thick, beautiful, Indo-Fijian in origin, woman that I danced with for two and a half songs at a nightclub on Saturday night. I got her fa- I got her first name, y'all. I didn't get her last name. And I need some of you guys to tell me what are some common Last names for women of Indo-Fijian origin. I have been trying to find this woman on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok for the last 22 hours. I need this help. You guys might get a Christmas gift card. You can help me find this woman. DM me for for more in, for more in-depths in this. I'm trying to have me about three or four or five beige babies. Let let us bring black and Indo-Fijian in, in relations to This four forefront. All right. I'm taking it to the V them. I'm taking it to it's the V the there. How we doing this morning? How we feeling? How's everybody doing? What's the vibe? <laughs> We're gonna take it to Vallejo to some of our topics today. Or at least the motivation for today's topic is Vallejo. Hence, we playing SOBRB. So I had to give it to them. But I cannot play them without giving love to the South. <laughs> Some dumb eerie time How are we doing this morning? How are we feeling? What is the vibe? What is going on? It is Monday morning. I'm putting out this episode a little bit later I try to put up the episode at least by Monday five, four, five o'clock in the morning, but I was up at the gym, up in the gym up to about three, so I just was just worn out, but. I got you guys, I got you guys in by 8, got you guys in by 12, I got you guys a new one eleven by 12. Ooh, I don't even know about this one. Should I even play this one all the way full through? This one right here is a classic, this is classic Millersville Vallejo 707. No, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop because I'm about to about to week 7 up in here. For those of y'all who do not know, for those of y'all who do not know, because you might not be familiar with Vallejo California City Politics, I just played songs from three neighborhoods that, for the most part, have no, in no way, shape, or form, or on good terms either or. What is going on? How you guys doing? Welcome to the West Coast Greatest Voice Podcast. Be you from Southern California. Be you from Central Valley. Shout out homies out there in Tulare, Tulas, Portersville, Poole Portas, Fresno, San Bernardino, San Luis Obispo, Sacramento, everywhere. What's going on? How you guys doing? How you feeling? Welcome to the Vibe. Appreciate you guys for listening to me right now. I appreciate you guys for listening to me. Uh, these kids is beating the hell out of each other in these goddamn schools. Let us talk about it. So uh, I have been wanted to talk about this for a few days. The inspiration of this topic, youth violence in our schools. The initial inspiration was when this young girl reached out to me on my Instagram. She messaged me and said, hey, me and my sister attend Hogan Middle School which is a middle school in Vallejo, California, for those of you guys who do not know. Hence why I play these three or four songs um, that come from Vallejo artists right now. And she was telling me how the day before she messaged me at her at school, somebody got hit in the face with brass knuckles, a little girl. She offered to send me the video. I told her, I don't want to see a video of a little girl getting smashed in the face with brass knuckles. That just going to disturb my spirit. She also told me some few a few more interesting incidents. She told me how she had been pulled from her school. I'm sorry, he, I think he was a he. He had been pulled from his school due to gun threats made against him while the student that made the gun threats was still at the school. She also told me a very interesting scenario that I actually looked up and found this did genuinely happen. This did genuinely happen and even have proof of the message that uh, Hogan Middle School's principal sent out to, uh, to his parents of the students that earlier this year Round September, there was a young man who had a, made a threat to shoot up the whole school. He was going to kill everybody. That song by, that song Nicki Minaj by Everybody is a really good song too, by the way. Actually, I'm going to play that maybe at the end of this. But about how made a threat to kill everybody. And, when the teachers received word about this, because apparently this was the talk across the school. You know how kids do, they got that Instagram page, Hogan's fights where they share photos of the fights and what's about to go down, drama, et cetera, et cetera. And the teachers got word of this. So they pulled the kid to the side and come to find out this little, this little goddamn uh, Mad Max little boy, he had a ammunitions gun. He was really ready to get it off, which my concern goes to in that situation the parents allowing him to even have that accessible to them, accessible to him. In that situation, when that happened, I want to give a round of applause and respects to the um, the teachers because I do think they handled that correctly. The staff at the Oakland Middle School because I do think they handled that correctly. They heard, they heard about a threat. They took it seriously. They acknowledged it. Proceeded, and police were involved, and the young man was taken off campus at the time. A video that also went viral about a month after that of that said young man and a few other kids harassing this um, local kind of like uh, next Latino market in, in Vallejo, Cadenas, Cadenas I'm saying the name it correctly. There's a lot of guatemaltecos in Vallejo, American Canyon too. I've been noticing that lately, but irregardless of that, um, yeah, that's been a big thing. That's been a big thing. Now this when I like I said, when I first wanted to talk about this, there would have been one only one incident on my mind. This incident went on in Valero a few incidents that this kid was telling me about Valero right after that, you got the situation in Sacramento. Some of you guys know about this story at Valley High School, much left to the Valley, much left to the high shot to Valley High, where apparently they had a big ass brawl at Valley High about four or five days ago. Seven students were arrested, and from what I understand, at least from what the sheriff's office in Sacramento reported, they have re- increased security presence on the school campus. Now, as a man who does security for a living, top flight security of the world, Craig, I do wonder how efficient that is of a recourse because I know a lot of y'all who got that security badge on. A lot of y'all who haven't got your license from BSIS, I know y'all ain't finna hit shit. I know half of y'all are not going to bust a, a grip in a fruit fight. Dare I say, even hop in a situation where you try to stop two kids from hurting each other? And I would just like to add, I know y'all look at these little high schoolers like kids. Them little kids, particularly those at Valley High, them little boys is with it. The is with it. They are not, those are not the kids of yester. And even, I can't even say like the, I can't even say like those kids are worse than they were back in the day because those of y'all who know, Valley High is sack has always been active always been active i remember the dude who wrote the book you can read his book the dude who wrote the book on how old park blood started in sacramento he talked about the phase and, and what do how gangs end up getting kind of fake funking with each other initially at valley high hey this was 40 years ago so valley high has a history of that youth violence violence in schools is nothing of new nothing of new knowledge this has been going on for years I can I can dare to venture that that summer of two thousand ten in some in Sacramento, in the summer of two thousand nine in Sacramento, there were so many goddamn shootouts at these little house parties that the kids was throwing back in the day. I can tell it it I can't act like what kids are doing now is anything new. But it still disturbs me. Particularly when I heard about the arrest of that fifteen year old a few days ago, who was linked to the murder. Or that other 15 year old in Lodi off of Hell Road a few weeks ago, in early, like in mid September. I mean, in mid November, I'm sorry. The young man, from what I don't understand, he wasn't even from Lodi, he just was visiting family. And an individual, another individual, pulled up on him on his front yard and shot him to death. 15 year old, killed by another 15 year old. The other the 15 year old who was charged for his murder, he is currently in jail right now, charged with murder. Something else as well as um, gang enhancement. In- he had a gang enhancement too. Um, that's also to add to the situation that we had in Gulf, California, where a young man was just arrested a few days ago, who was connected to that shooting that they had near Liberty Ranch High School about f- six months ago, about midway into the year. My per- my my thing is. A lot of these situations outside of that crazy-ass white boy from Vallejo, the dude who who made them bomb threats, by the way, in Vallejo, he was white. The kid made, sorry, who made the gun threats and everything like that, who came, came, came to the middle school with ammunition, he was white. My main concern with all this is when you have most of these situations outside of that situation are, I'll say, revolving around street shit, gangs, funk. I would dare to venture that 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 situation that happened at Valley High School on at Sacramento in Sac, I would dare to venture that that was probably a fight motivated by some gang shit. And I later saw some kids in the comments let me know that yeah, it was on some street it was on some street stuff. You know, with you whoop little clicks over there is funking. That is nothing new. There has been funk on that on that school campus for quite some time. In between groups, it happened to because the problem with Sacramento is you can be. <laughs> Sacramento's always had the issue, particularly with Valley High and Monterey Trail, of bringing in kids from all different neighborhoods. So there'll be kids who living in the P at the time going to Valley High. There'll be kids going from the P to Valley High to the G. Maybe some kids from the Heights Hills, dare I say, at, at time might be bust out there. So might go out there. So it is what it is. But more of the story is, even though it is street shit, and a lot of the times I try not to concern myself with street shit, unless it involves law-abiding citizens who have nothing to do with this, who have nothing to do with the gang politics in between uh, the murder maids in North South or in between Millersville or the Crest. But it does concern me when it involves kids. It do concern me when it's a 15-year-old murdering another 15-year-old. It does concern me a lot because... When violence takes place on school campus, when you have street shit take, and when I say street shit, I'm talking about anything involving gangs, anything involving politics. just all that BS, ignorance in general. It does have a way of swallowing people who had nothing to do with the situation. When I was a kid growing up, I live, I went to Springstown Middle School in Vallejo, California. Letting you guys know how old I am. As well as Houston Middle School in Montgomery, Alabama. And McKee Middle School in Montgomery, Alabama. It's a Very long story. I moved around a lot. And I remember when I was in Springstown. If I could tell you, that was the first. Me, me going to Springstown Middle School was the first time in my life I saw Genuine day in to day out Physical violence on a regular basis Those of you guys Who went to the town Who went to the spring Like I did Y'all know We used to get it in over there My first first year I got suspended for four fights got suspended for four fights. We used to get it fucking in the Springstown Middle School, man. Ron, and listen, round of applause. Round of applause for Springstown Middle School. Man, we used to. Man, we used to get it in. That was Gladiator he school. And I'm going to tell you the crazy thing, you see. Some of y'all are too young to remember because now Hogan Middle School, Hogan Middle School used to be Hogan High School. Them badass goddamn old ass uh, uh, niggas from Hogan High School used to come to Springstown Middle School and fight. Not even lying to you. Dead homies. Not even lying to you. Those of y'all who from my age range, you know what I'm talking about. Like, it really used to be active. And you had a lot of situations that didn't need to happen. You got kids get hit with brass knuckles. You had kids had knives drawn on them. I got my ass jumped, got three, four, five times in defense of my young friend Justin. We can talk about that story later because some of y'all remember that and I'm traumatized by it. Then one of y'all, and then one of y'all let me just say this. Let me talk about this. Then one of y'all had the nerve to get my goddamn cousin pregnant and pres- let me stop let me stop. I shouldn't even bring that up because I don't even think that dude even know even uh knows that i'm the- du- i think he's he watches my podcast, but he don't know that I'm him you know much respect to to homie but anyway, um love you Shalomar. anyway, school violence is nothing new man. We used to have it all the time in our schools. I think maybe as I get older, I look at it a little bit different because you know. I'm not a kid anymore. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, when I was 15, 16, hearing the story about how the twins went and shot up a house party, then I didn't look at it, I didn't look at it too crazy. I looked at it like, okay, well, I, mean, I looked at it as crazy, but I was like, well, hell, everybody's doing that. I remember my last night, my last night in Montgomery, Alabama. I was 17 years old before I moved from Montgomery, Alabama to Dallas, Georgia, and they had had a shootout. In front of this little um, underage nightclub in Montgomery, Alabama. And the the day before that, when I was in class, when I was in my program, being the homie I was hanging out with, he was telling me, he's like, yeah, you know, my mom, she worked at Jackson State Hospital. And he's like, bro, you know, they said like four or five higgas just came in there right now with gunshot wounds, all of them 15, 16, 14 years old, all of them babies. This is nothing new. I'm going to keep reiterating. This is nothing new. But just because it's nothing new does not mean that it is something that does not need to change. It concerns me. Cause reality is a lot of my audience, a lot of y'all are older, thirteen sorry, third in your thirties and your forties. A lot of y'all have kids that are going to attend these institutions. And it is concerning. Shout out to the homie Pee Wee on my Instagram when I made a video talking about Hogan Middle School with the uh, little girl, little boy told me. He said, bro, he commented and said, that's why I pulled my child out of that school. Hogan Middle School is wild. And it's interesting because when we were growing up, I think because a lot of our parents dealt with that same BS at those same schools, maybe that's why they didn't take it that seriously. Maybe that's why they didn't draw. They looked at it like, hey, listen, I dealt with it. You can deal with it. But. I'll just say this. I always pose this question to people when I'm talking to them about just youth violence or what your kids go through. Shout out to Mahoma Carina. Me and her were talking about this on Saturday when we, went, when we went for White Elephant. There are certain experiences that you had that were not desirable, to say the least. The times you were held up at gunpoint walking home from school the times you were robbed walking home from school, the times people pulled knives on you, the times you got jumped, the times when you had to know to, how to navigate the neighborhood to know, hey, I can't walk down this block because that's where they're hanging out so dope at. Hey, I got to know when these dudes about to rob me, et cetera, et cetera. There were certain experiences that you went through at 11, 12 years old that even though you wouldn't have liked to go through them, even though they were less, far less than desirable, they made you the man or woman that you are today and you are able to be a responsible and strong adult because of, because of those experiences. Bringing all that up because how do you feel about your kid having to go through some of those experiences? Add on to that, how do you feel about when your kid goes through those experiences and doesn't tell you? Because the majority of what the events that I just named to you that happened to me happened to me when I was in between the ages of, I'll say, 10 to 13 years old. And the majority of them, my mother does not know about. She don't know about when I started carrying a knife to school because kids were jumping me. She don't know about when I used to walk past Avon Projects. They was calling out trying to jump me. She don't know about that. So that's what concerns me when you talk about violence in these schools. It's scary. I don't like the idea of homeschooling my kids because I want my kids to be socialized and know how to socialize. Let me just also say this because I'm focusing on Vallejo and talking about SAC when I'm talking about the violence at schools, this is not something that's just a hood-specific phenomenon. Even at these little suburban schools, be it the schools I got in Manteca, be it the schools I got in Tracy, Galt, hell, um, Clo- when not Clovis ain't that? Clovis ain't that suburban. But like, hell, dare I say even more Bay. It is a thing to have fights at school. That's just that's just a public school thing. These little kids make these Instagram pages called uh, Mantica High uh, Fights or Lincoln High Fights and upload the videos on there. They talk about it like it's a, it is a normal thing, whether in the hood or whether in the suburbs. But it is concerning if you're a parent because you know, yeah, you know, I don't want my kids going through that. But at the same time, I want my kids to get some cut on them get some cut on the bones and to learn how to handle certain situations, you know? So, uh, just interesting topic. I want you guys to be thinking about that. Let me know afterwards how do you feel about all that. Um, next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to respond to a few questions that I had got on my TikTok channel. Respond to TikTok because, you know, reality is we popping on there. Um, I got to say, much much love to TikTok much love to my audience and there because reality is it's you guys that, um, it was you guys that uh, made me lit. It was you guys that connected me behind, so I appreciate that much love. Uh, shout out to Ed Strawberry Sweet who had asked me, "Why do you have a Brazilian flag in the back of your living room?" Just curious because my boyfriend is Brazilian. Muito para ele, muito para ele. Faz muito tempo que eu pratiquei em português, but the reason that I have a Brazilian flag in my home—that's not the only thing I have. I have a Brazilian flag hanging up in my living room. As well as a Mexican flag hanging up out of the room. As well as a few paintings that um, are of uh, Mexican origin and also a Hawaiian ukulele that I got from Kauai. Um, So, the reason why I have the Brazilian flag is because I am a very, very passionate fan of cultura brasileira or Brazilian culture. I lived in a dorm for two years with about 400 Brazilian students and learned Portuguese that way. And that was the catalyst for me that set me on the path of being a language nerd. I I like to learn languages for fun. I'm learning French and Curivini, which is French Creole right now. And I learned Spanish too. So bringing this up because I'm always going to give a lot of love to Brazilian culture because for me, my contact with Brazilians what was what set me on the path to become a language nerd, to become a passionate person with, with language. I'm taking my foreign service officer exam in a few weeks and what put me on that path even wanting to work in the international realm was learning Portuguese. I have my Mexican flag up in the living room too even though you didn't ask about that. I have that because I feel like when I came back to California, it was the help from Mexicans that helped me get a grasp on Spanish and it. I use Portuguese to cross over into Spanish. So that's why, I've seen a few of y'all in the comments ask ask about that and be like, why y'all got? Bro, what the fuck is with that, bro? You ain't got no, you ain't you ain't got the African Americans flag, or the, you ain't got the American flag, bro? What what you, what you doing? It's like, bro, it's no, no, it's I I I I just I, that is just my way of showing love to the culture that helped me out. So much love to her and much love to your boyfriend. Batu uh, this was an interesting thing, and I think we might talk about this for a while. So. There was a video that I had put up in response to a fight that had taken place in Oregon in between this trans middle school um, student and this young girl. The 12 year old trans grabbed a 12 year old girl, picked her up, basically just slammed her on the ground and beat the shit out of her. Let me not even say fight, because in essence it really was an assault. And to be fair, and I guess youth violence is gonna be a trend for this episode, We might not be talking about this as much as it is being discussed right now in the social media realm had it not been for the person who assaulted that young girl being a boy identifying as a girl or trans. The issue with that is, however, that was not the only incident that that little kid had. For what I understand, a few of the kids from that school commented on my video and told me that that kid has had multiple assaults after that school and they've done nothing. And in large part, they feel that they're scared to touch or, or, or do any kind of discipline because that kid happens to be trans. They don't want to touch that. They don't want, you know. Somebody commented and said, bullying trans isn't OK. They've been oppressed for so long. Let let them let them be violent once in a while. It's only fair. She's saying that in response to the narrative that some people, I guess, said that maybe the little girl was bullied or something like that. I saw nobody supporting the claim that this child was bullied. I just saw reports that this kid was assaulting multiple people. The child could have been being bullied. But when you watch the video of that little girl, of that, of the trans child assaulting that girl, the girl literally had nothing to do with this. The girl was literally just walking by her, walking by her in the hallway. The trans girl reached out and grabbed her out of nowhere and just slammed her ground and started beating her down. and then said talk shit now bitch and it was just bad it looked really bad I have no I don't want to say I have no issue with trans people because I feel like when I say that it, felt, it sounds like I'm about to say but I think fair is fair my issue with that situation is that that child assaulted that little girl like that and at the same time has had multiple assaults, has a history of assault on that school campus. Something needs to be done about that. And to be fair, from what I'm the school is handling it. That said, the child that assaulted that little girl was taken to a juvenile detention center past that point. The police were involved. Now, this was two months ago. I don't know what proceedings have taken forward with the law since then, but it is indeed a serious situation. As a man, as parent I mean, I even say as a man, because I saw the majority of mothers were pissed off about this. You're going to we're going to always feel away when you talk about anything involving a fight, anything involving physicality and between a female versus a trans female or a trans female child and a female child. This is the same reason why so many people have issues with trans females involving themselves in athletic competitions that are for females. There's always going to be some 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 kind of, you know, tension about that. I don't think it's fair. You know, shout out to Blueface. There was a video I remember that went viral of Blueface's girlfriend at the time, Krishan Rock. She was arguing with this trans uh, female or this man who identified as a woman on the beach. And the trans female, the man was talking about, yeah, I'm going to fuck you up. And this is a big dude. He like... 6'2", 6'3", kind of had some muscle on him But he identified as trans And Gershon was like, bro, you a whole ass You a whole ass nigga, I ain't finna fight you What the fuck you talking about, I ain't finna fight a whole ass nigga Like, what are you talking about Like, Now, whether she started the fight or not is is, Is another conversation But she was like, you don't I don't know, man I'll just say I'll just say it wouldn't be right I'll just say it wouldn't be right so I hope that situation resolved itself, and I pray for much respect to my audience out there in Oregon. I love y'all. I got a lot of love for y'all, and much respect to LGBTQ plus LGBTQ plus community. LGBTQ plus. Community. I have no issues. I have no issue with trans shit. I can tell you, I danced on shit. I danced on one who had a fake ass. I think it was like a few weeks ago. So I can't. I can't get people hunting with you. Say, so, listen, they. Yeah, she go find. She go find this video and call me out. So it is what it is. Um. Shout out to Pigeon Aid who said, "What do you call somebody making thirty k?" Then, mm. oh, this was in response to uh, I did a video talking about the blue collars of California, talking about how it was an underrated area, underrated area of of, in, of employment in in uh, California, and how there's a lot of people who work in blue collar fields that are making a hundred thousand plus a year. That was my video. I was saying that how to speak on how a lot of the times in California, most of our schools, we were told that or taught that blue collar trade, blue collar work is menial, And for the essence, for the essentially we should try to go to a four year university and get a four year degree. And the reality is we do live in a day and age where a lot of people are getting 30 to $40,000 in debt coming out and making only 25 to 26 an hour in their relative careers or relative fields. I know a lot of people who are getting out and are gonna be making fifty to sixty an hour being a physical therapist respect to all my people out there in the medical field, our medical professionals who are going to who are going to lead the charge in the world in the medical field, but in the state of California. But reality is, if you done done eight years of schooling, got out, became a doctor and a nurse and et cetera, et cetera, and you bought almost $100,000 debt in debt and student loans, that $160,000, $150,000 a year that you would be making probably feels close to $100,000 or $90,000. It is what it is. But that's a big, that's a big drop. So when I was talking about how blue collar fields for the most part. Schooling is not that expensive. It is not that expensive to become an elevator mechanic. It's hard to get in, the goddamn, uh, get, in the go- get a goddamn position in the union once you sign your name to the books, but here's what it is. There is no charge to become a correctional officer. There is no charge to become a CHP officer. All of which are fields that start you off around 100000 But with all that, my friend here commented and said, Well, what do you think of somebody making 30 k Because somebody had said, Well, 100 a year in California is not real money. So I'm gonna say this: a hundred k a year in California is I. anywhere outside of the Bay Area, I make around that hundred k a year, and I can tell you the money. It ain't like I'm balling. I ain't got four and five BMWs. I got my little ass Nissan outside. I live in a one bedroom apartment. I go to a regular gym where there is no Asian woman offering me massages for at the end of my workouts. Like it's no, it's no luxurious lifestyle out here. I think a hundred k a year. If I lived in Texas or lived in Montana, it might would feel a lot different. Dare I say, if I lived in someone Puerto Rico, it would feel a lot different. I bring up Puerto Rico because Puerto Rico is part of the United States, but it just don't feel the same. Now, for the person to ask what did thirty k feel like, I can tell you, the last time I was making thirty k a year, it was two thousand nineteen. I was making fourteen. I was making forty k two thousand twenty. So. I say in 2019, I was making like 20 to 30 K a year. And I can tell you, I just was struggling. I was just struggling. I was, it was hard, bro. it was like, it was just hard, man. I just, I just could not, I just was hard, man. It just was so hard. It It was just a lot. I think it is a thing in California to be acknowledged that a lot of us are doing the two job hustle in this state. Doing the two job hustle, where you know we have to have a few gigs to work. My job right now, they didn't. They they've been working my black ass so much. I'm working seventy hours a week, and then somebody tell me twelve. Is probably gonna have to work Christmas. So I highly doubt that. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't need a second job. I rather, don't have a job. Have, don't even have the time to even consider having a second job. But as it is, um, next question somebody had for me is, at Nat Turner two seventy six, he said. A cop just killed a black woman in Minnesota. Did you do a GoFundMe for her? Much respect to Nat. I wonder if his name is name. I wonder if his username is named Nat Turner, in reference and in love to the abolitionists who tried to free the slaves back in the day, but uh, who led that slave revolt back in the day. But um, I looked up the situation he was talking about—a black woman killed by a cop in Minnesota. I didn't find it. I found a string of other reports talking about cops killing people in Minnesota, but that particular situation he's talking about within the last few weeks to a month or so, I didn't see that. And I think he's saying that because a lot of my content does call out crime, does call out people in the. does call out criminals, not so much of it calls out cops. I have called out a lot of cops, though. I just made a video a few days ago talking about that cop in San Diego who. <laughs> Yo, this boy, y'all gotta watch the video, man. Just go on my TikTok and watch it. This cop he ran, he ran from this guy who was trying. He tried to tase the guy. That goddamn ex head, that nigga ran right through that t- 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 taser. You got a problem him. was when he had cop ran around the car. Got scared. Let the guy get in the car and drive off. I was like, bro, what you doing, bro? You got you got to do better than that. (coughs) But um, to let you know, bro, I'm I'm calling out. I call out anybody. I call out anybody, man. Whether I'm calling out a cop who's effing up, whether I'm calling a citizen that's effing up, I'm not scared to call out anybody, and I hold anybody accountable. Be you law enforcement that's effing up. Be you a citizen that's fucking up. Um. I will say that a lot of my videos that call out criminals participating in crime in California, there are a, there is a large portion of people who do feel upset because a lot of those videos tend to have African American young males, people of my kindred in there, and they feel like I'm just beating on my race or beating on my own. I'm not beating on my own. I'm not disrespecting my race. I'm proud to be black and I love my people. But I do think we need to make a separation at a certain point in between those of us who have nine to five jobs, those of us who have families, those of us who are responsible, those of us who are entrepreneurs, those of us who are artists, those of us who are trying to do the right thing in life versus those of us who are robbing women, leaving their homes at nine o'clock in the morning to go to work for recreational purposes. Those of us who are snatching the purses, snatching 75 year old Asian women's purses are leaving the SF market in the sack. We need to separate ourselves from them. That's what I will say. And I might go back and then go into that for that topic a little bit later. My next episode, I'm probably going to talk about the Asian community in Sacramento, California, because I've been seeing them get a little bit of a rap that I thought just was bad. But anyway, beautiful people. I have had a good time talking to you guys. This is the Monday episode of the podcast. We're going to start doing Monday release. I think that's going to be the vibe now. So... Thank you for listening to the West Coast Greatest Voice Podcast. Let me know in the comments on TikTok. Let me know in the comments on Instagram. Any more topics you want me to talk about? And we might get a bonus episode this week. So, much love. Much love. Thank you for listening.